0: I am your host, Ryan Willie, along with my co-host, John Kessler. Episode 36 features the head coach of Gustavus Adolphus College, Peter Haugen. Coach details his rise from a three-sport college athlete to coaching and being an administrator at the high school level to finally becoming a head football coach at the collegiate level. Coach shares his vision and foundational values of his programs and discusses ways to cultivate leadership in others while maintaining balance in your life. This episode marks our one-year anniversary of starting the Intentionally Grounded podcast. We've enjoyed many great guests and have established so many great connections along the way. All our thanks go to our family for supporting us through this endeavor, the coaches who've agreed to share their stories and teachings with our audience, and you, the listeners. We do this for you, and we hope to continue to bring a quality program that helps to build a community of coaching excellence. Here's to many more seasons ahead, and once again, a heartfelt thank you to all those who've been a part of this journey. This episode of Intentionally Grounded is brought to you by GoRoute. GoRoute brings practice efficiency into the 21st century with on-field digital risk coaches. Trusted at practices by more than 350 high schools and 30-plus FBS and FCS teams, GoRoute allows coaches to instantly send scout cards and installs to players so they can stay up-tempo all practice without the need for binders or managing multiple huddles. Compatible with all major play drawing systems and hand-drawn cards, GoRoute teams routinely double or triple their practice reps daily. If you value practice time and want the best preparation, then you need to go no scout cards with GoRoute. Learn more at www.goroute.com, that is G-O-R-O-U-T.com, or by emailing at sales at goroute.com. Or you can call the phone number at 866-777-1448. Episode 11 of Season 2 of Intentionally Grounded with Coach Peter Haugen starts now. We're here with Coach Haugen of Gustavus Adolphus College. Coach, introduce yourself to our audience and discuss your background in coaching.
1: Yeah, hi, it's Pete Haugen. Uh, you know, I coach at Gustavus Adolphus uh, College here in St. Peter. Um, <clears throat> just really thankful for this opportunity to be on with, uh, with you guys, and uh, just thanks for the opportunity um, to be on here today. Uh, my history... I uh, went to Washburn High School in South Minneapolis, then uh, graduated from, uh, went on to college, went to, to Bethel University, well, what is now Bethel University at the time was Bethel, Bethel College. Um, and uh, graduated from there and, and kind of began my, my coaching career.
2: Coaches, you got into coaching. Who are some of your biggest role models that have influenced you?
1: You know I gotta say you know my my i I grew up in an in an education family. my father was a coach and a teacher and certainly you know he was the biggest influence um, on me and my mom too I would say in terms of you know just um really blessed to have people who woke up every single day and they loved what they did they were in education and I got to kind of see what they what they did and that had a huge influence on me, and and my father was a big part of that athletically. I mean, a huge, huge competitor, a huge encourager. But along the way, too, you know, um, Jake McCoy, he was my hockey coach at Washburn High School. I think of Neil Dutton, uh, my baseball coach at Bethel, Steve Johnson, of course, who's had a storied career at at Bethel, Uh, Brian Johnson, my my offensive coordinator, those guys – and all had really a significant impact on my life, but I would also say that, you know, as, as life has kind of gone by, what I've tried to do is just look at all the coaches that I've had, and uh, even ones that maybe I didn't like as much, or if, I don't know if that's a great word, but I think we've all been there where we've had coaches who, you know, we really connect with, others that we maybe don't, but try to look for for things to bring perspective to every coach that I've had and, and trying to learn a little bit um, from, for, from all of them. And, and so, uh, but just been very fortunate in my career to have really uh, great mentors around me. But I would say, you know, my father, he's my hero and, and a guy that was just uh, such an impactful person in my life.
0: Coach, you kind of touched on it here a little bit earlier, but you were a three-sport athlete at Bethel uh, in the late 1980s and early 1990s. How were you able to manage the demands of three sports in college, and how have those sports impacted your life?
1: Yeah, I think they've impacted my life in a huge way. I think it's going to be a lot tougher for student athletes this day, particularly collegiately, to probably play three sports. You know, seasons have gotten longer. There's more overlap but i really uh it was such an important part of my um college experience to be able to play three and quite honestly it's um you know i'm a, I, i'm not I don't believe in specialization, and so i i it was an opportunity for me to compete in different venues and I think that was a big deal but uh, I was a better student when I was engaged in athletics and, and one of the things that we've uh, seen both uh, at Washburn High School where I started my career in coaching and really here now at gustavus is that it is it, it speaks to that a little bit is our Team GPA at Gustavus is actually stronger in season than it is out of season, and so for me, I really uh, relied on that structure. I fed off that structure that uh, being in three sports gave me, um, and uh, so it was really good. I, I'm just very thankful for those for those opportunities to, you know, to play football and hockey and in baseball um, throughout my college career.
2: Coach, you spent 15 years at Washburn High School in Minneapolis and you had a great deal of success on the field and in generating participation in the program. How were you able to build the program of success there that was sustainable for such a long time, especially at the high school level?
1: Yeah, I mean, we were in just a really cool situation at, at Washburn, uh, but I think when you're building a program, you, you have to start with setting high expectations and create a structure. Uh, I think the notion that you're going to have all the answers right away is is uh, is not the case. Uh, but uh, you have to have a plan. You, ha- you have to create a structure, and you want that structure to be sustainable. Uh, I think there's too many efforts sometimes that are made in with good intention to try to to change everything right away, and I think that becomes really difficult. So we tried to put a sustainable structure in place. We knew at the high school level that started with how do you know how do we make sure these young men are locked in academically? So we started study tables and then we championed leadership and we provided an opportunity or a platform to for our young men to to grow as leaders and maybe for the first time, you know, someone's, you know, came up to him like a coach and said, Hey, we need you to lead on this team. And, you know, we really wanted to provide access for all of our players, um, for leadership. And, you know, another thing, um, we wanted our players to have a first class experience. I was coaching in the inner city of of Minneapolis. And, and I think that sometimes, um, you know, there, there's some things that come along with that that sometimes may indicate that uh, a young man might not get a first-class experience than they would in like a, in a suburb, but we really worked hard to uh, provide a first-class experience. Um, and then I think ultimately it's who you surround yourself with. Uh, you know, that I've been so blessed to have great coaches around me um, who believed in players, you know, and I think that's a huge deal. I think we just did not want to put barriers around our players, and we wanted them to grow. But you have to have great people around you. They can't all be just like you. They have to share your vision for sure. But uh, you have to have uh, different people on your staff that can connect. And uh, so I've been, you know, just really fortunate. But I would say those are some things that, that we did there.
0: And, Coach, you were talking about that leadership aspect with your players at Washburn. And so you actually helped create a leadership academy for your players Um what prompted you to establish the Leadership Academy at Washburn and how did the Leadership Academy help your players and program overcome some of the challenges they may have endured?
1: Yeah, I I think uh it was a huge deal for, for us when we started it. You know, one one of the one of the philosophies that I have is if you're gonna add something or if you're gonna start a new initiative, sometimes Piggybacking on something that's working is a great place to start. So we had had a strength program at Washburn that was going pretty good. And so what we did is we added the Leadership Academy to our strength program with the idea, like I said earlier, to really provide tools you know, for our players to grow um and and part of it's a leadership thing but what we really wanted is a mentoring type of an environment so we had small groups of players with a coach who was very qualified to really create relationships around some really core principles of of uh you know accountability um we did really you know some cool stuff uh we had friday field trips where we took the our young men and women uh, out into different, uh, you know, businesses to kind of see what life was really like outside of high school and, and what people are doing after college. But, um, you know, the focus of our Leadership Academy, and I think this is such an important thing because we were in an environment where we were working with young men and young women who, some of them had uh, very, very difficult situations and could spend a lot of time probably Uh, being upset or complaining about their situation. And so for our Leadership Academy, our number one focus every single day was about gratitude. So regardless of our situation, regardless of our circumstances, it was about what are we thankful for today. And that is always where we started. We always started with what we're thankful for instead of the other stuff of how You know, we have it tough here, we have it tough there. And so it was kind of a mindset thing, I think, that really helped us as a program. But I think it was kind of a core philosophy within our leadership academy, which is that we're going to have a mindset of gratitude and and then build off of that.
2: Coach, you've touched on a lot of really, really good things about your leadership. And really, that's your culture. Um, And as you transitioned from Washburn to Gustavus, you know, how did you – Keep that culture intact, and what are some of the beliefs that, that you build in your players now that have maybe changed or evolved as you've gone in your coaching career?
1: Yeah, I think the first thing when you're coming into any situation is have a plan. You know, um, have a philosophy. Stick to some very core principles. Um, I think that is really important. Instead of trying to chase a, a different philosophy every single day, you um, I think you have to have some core things that you really believe in and that you're going to build around. I do think the great coaches have the ability to adjust. Uh, And so in in terms of having a core philosophy, uh, a plan, that is so important. But you also have to be willing to and and able and have the emotional intelligence to see what's going on around you and not be so stuck in your ways that, that you just can't dig yourself out. So I think the ability to adjust, um, one of the core principles for us is that you can't have it all. Um, And we want guys to really focus on a few things. You know, we talk about it as a staff, too. I mean, it's not what we know as coaches. It's what our players can execute on game day. And so it's really trying to focus and execute on a few things. That's a core philosophy. And then from a coaching standpoint and a player standpoint, we talk a ton about – Pruning, you know, so trimming the trees. And so the the whole idea there is we're going to remove the things that are not producing in our lives so that we can grow the things that are to a, to a higher extent. Um, and, uh, uh, that I think is really, really key. And, um, ultimately too, in, in addition to having a plan, the core stuff is habits, you know, um, Behavior comes and goes, and you know, we've got guys, some guys, you've had them, and they work really hard on the field, and they don't work as hard as they need to in the classroom, and we're really thankful here at Gustavus because we got young men who really do both very at a, at a very high level, but that whole idea that we're challenging habits, we're challenging young men to bring this uh, a person of integrity to all the different areas of their life. Um, and then to be clear with expectations, uh, understanding too that you know we um, we we got to treat all of our players fairly, um, but we can't treat them all the same. And so, you know, those are some I, I think some just some basic stuff. Obviously, set a lot of stuff there in a short period of time. But I think the biggest thing is you got to have a plan. Uh, You got to get people around you who are gifted. And and we've been fortunate here at Gustavus. I was fortunate at Washburn to have coaches. Uh, You just have to surround yourself with great people.
0: And coach, from your transition from the high school level to the collegiate level, for you personally, what were some of the biggest challenges that you had to face during your transition?
1: Well, picture this, you know, I'm at Washburn, and when people come into the school and needed to know something, I had all the answers. I knew where they needed to go. I knew where they should connect. I could direct them to different places. Uh, Certainly, we'd had a tremendous amount of success uh, in our football program. The school was in transition, and, and there was a lot of really cool things going on. But I was going now into an environment that honestly, it was very, very new to me, and so I think the key word there was humility. I mean, you have to, you kind of have to set stuff aside a little bit, and you have to be willing to, the person now, I'm the head coach at Gustavus, it's my first year in, and the notion that you have all the answers, the notion that you have it all figured out is, uh is just not the case. And so, you know, I had to make sure that I brought a level of humility to the to my new position and really was open to asking questions. I was in a position where I really needed to lean on my mentors, um, hire a strong staff. Uh, I think those things really helped me with the transition. Uh, certainly, if you want to get into the, the nitty-gritty of it, um the x's and o's. I mean, it was just it was a it's a more it was a more complex game um, and uh, you're spending all day doing football instead of you know those who are in public education or private education who are coaching. I mean you have your you have your teaching and then you have you know and then you have your coaching after or you get up in the morning and do some film watching, but it was different, and so uh, I just had to rely on a lot of people and I think the key thing there was just the humility of saying, Hey, I need help. And, uh, we had a plan for sure, but there was just a lot to learn. So, um, it was a really good transition. I I think for coaches who've been in one place for a really, really long time, which I was at Washburn for 18 years. Um, this transition for me was really, really important. Um, to go through because it really causes you to have a um, it puts you in a different you know you just you become uncomfortable I guess for lack of a better term because you get kind of comfortable in one place where you're doing things you kind of know things and and then you have to adjust
2: coach family and faith have always been important components of your life and your coaching career. What are some of the ways you've been able to balance those demands of coaching at the collegiate level while also raising three kids and remaining active in your faith?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think in college football, um, unfortunately, uh, maybe high school football too, but uh, this profession has damaged a lot of uh, marriages. It's damaged uh, relationships with children in terms of the amount of time that people are spending at their job instead of with their families, and so it's something that is really something that's very, very important to me. I remember Coach Johnson, my coach in college said, don't treat what's important in your life as ordinary. And sometimes we do that where we think, well, our family's just going to be there for me so I can take care of this other stuff now. And all of a sudden you start doing that and it it becomes dangerous. So for what what we've done, again, is have a plan, have a schedule. Um, You know, with children, it's, you know, work after they go to sleep. Uh, That's always been something that works pretty good. Um, And keep the main things the main things. Uh, I think... um, this work is incredibly challenging, um, but if you're going to do it in a sustainable model, uh, where you want to honor your family, you want to honor your faith, uh, you can't. You you, ha- you have to have a plan, and you and you have to be um, a, a really strong communicator with your wife. And I'm very fortunate to have a an amazing wife and three children who've supported me in my career. Um, but I think you have to be very deliberate about uh, what you're doing and then really been able to involve my family, too, with my profession, and that's been great. My wife and I are advisors for FCA here at, uh, at Gustavus, and, and uh, we're connecting with our players once a week with devotions and things like that. But I, I, I think, again, it's have a plan, um, and then do you have the ability to say No. If there's one thing that I think you have to be able to do if you're going to set priorities, right? It goes back to what I said earlier which is you can't be everything to everybody and you're going to have to as a leader say no to people. And that always doesn't feel great and sometimes people get upset about it, but if you want to you have to you have to figure out what's important and then you have to say no to the other stuff.
0: Coach, as we wrap things up here a little bit, if you could go back in time to 1992, which is at the beginning of your coaching career, and give a piece of advice to your young coaching self, what would it be and why?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, again, I think, you know, I think we're all a work in progress, and the, the notion that you're going to have all the answers right away, uh, if I could go back I would probably keep a better journal, to be honest with you. I mean, we I've done a decent job of it, but there's so many different things that have happened along the way um, in life with different situations. I think I would have done a better job that. I think early when I came into coaching, I thought complexity was probably going to gonna you know save the day and, and allow us to compete at a higher level. And I think... Um, if I could have go back, I would just simplify and execute. I would, you know, do what I've, you know, you kind of learn the hard way in coaching. But sometimes you try to, you know, show people how how much you know and and what really is important is how fast our players can play. So simplify and execute the game at a very high level. Not not try to overthink it. And then ultimately for you know, and I think this is, I've i have done a decent job with this uh, most of my career, but I think with people who are considering coaching or who are really struggling in certain areas of coaching, I think that the whole idea of having thick skin and a soft heart has kind of really led the charge for me in my 25th year. I mean, you've got to have thick skin in this business, um, but having a soft heart is so important because, the other way around, and we've had coaches like it, everybody has, where they have thin skin and a hard heart. And I don't believe uh, coaches with thin skin and a hard heart have an incredible are going to have a great impact on, on the people that they coach. But I do think um, if you can have thick skin, which means you're going to take some criticism, you're going to have to deal with some tough stuff, but if you have a soft heart, you know, I think that allows you to connect with people in a meaningful way um, over the course of your career.
2: Coach, we kind of have a tradition on our show, um, and it's and nothing football-related, so um, you'll have to kind of change your hats here a little bit, but if you had a walk-up song as a professional baseball player or a professional wrestler, what would it be, and you have to tell us why.
1: Oh, gosh, I don't know. I You know... Um, I'm a I'm a big R&B fan, so I, I do like uh, Human Nature by Michael Jackson and Simply the Best by Tina Turner, and of course I, I think um, you know I, I think of uh, Hollywood Nights by Bob Seger, and um, I think the Bob Seger song is just kind of gotten ingrained because at Gustavus we played the Bob Seger song for five years in a row as the first song and it was just kind of how we it was just a momentum deal about how you get your how you get yourself started and uh, gosh I don't know I I, I'm just I I love country music I love pop I love rap I love R&B and I think that's kind of a reflection of The fact that I've lived in the city for a lot of my life and now I'm out in the country and I'm just, I don't know if I could tell you one specific song, but I don't know. One of those three probably.
0: If you found this podcast helpful, please leave a review on iTunes and help grow our program with others.